Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more Shelf Stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so much for stopping by. Also, the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, we are going Big time gaming talk here today. I am uh, one of the biggest pandemic fans that you'll ever meet. You'll see my wall in the background if you're watching the video show. Pandemic all over the place. Uh, I It is always my pleasure to meet somebody who is just as big a pandemic fan as I am. They reached out to me uh, and they wanted to talk about a, you know, just have a whole chat about it <laughs> and rank all the pandemics. Uh, I did this a couple of years ago, but this was four or five releases ago. So uh, it's always good to keep this kind of things updated and fresh. And I'm always welcome, always want to welcome uh, chats about pandemic game system. Uh, he is from Amass Games. Go ahead and check out his YouTube channel. We'll have a link to that in the show notes below. He is Simon Lavender from Across the Pond. Welcome to the show. Hi there, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, and welcome back everyone who saw me on the stream with Steve previously. Yes, big fan, obviously, of Corpse and specifically of the Pandemic series. It took a while to get to a certain number. I won't tell you exactly how many we're up to that we're going to be comparing today presently. But yes, uh, very much to finally get that, that last nugget in place to ensure that I could reach <laughs> out and ensure it was Jason that I am comparing my list with. And it's very hot. It is uh, it is the summer over here in the UK as well. And it is in Fahrenheit. So now you guys over across the pond in your direction. It's like 140, so 120 plus, and it's rather hot wearing uh, clothing right now, especially in the UK when we don't tend to have air conditioning. So yeah, it's very hot. I'm upstairs and uh, hopefully we'll get through this. But obviously this has been recorded during kind of the COVID pandemic going ahead. So all respect everyone out there and hopefully you will enjoy this list. If Simon actually melts during the, the <laughs> during yeah. the stream, you will uh, know why it is so hot. And I'm uh, pretty blessed. It's only like in a Fahrenheit 70s, which I guess would be like 20 Ooh. Celsius or something like that. Yeah. It's actually really nice uh, over here. I feel really bad for the American South. I feel really <laughs> bad for parts of uh, Europe. They're just like struggling right now. But uh, it is worth it because we are talking about our, 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 our this is my favorite game. Like my, The Pandemic System game is my number one game of all games is it is the do you share in that or is that uh you know where does that what is the pandemic in general locate for you sure so um as steve for those who have seen my stream of that basically i was talking to you about how much i do play cop games i've played over 265 cops to date reviewed over 2,000 games in total and in terms of games i've played multiple times which are co-ops there's over 45 games i've played over 25 times and there are a number of pandemics in there there is, well, obviously we're talking about the base game of Pandemic. We're going to be talking about the various other types of iteration. We won't be talking about the expansions necessarily, but we will be talking about them maybe a little bit up front. But uh, there is one legacy system I've played through more than once, and, and that's going to be going again and again. So, yes, um, I do highly rate it. Um, I will be giving you my ratings overall, my average rating for any board game, which is relatively harsh. Stephen Bonacore thinks is around 6.35 and only one of the pandemic titles I give below that. So yes. uh, that's that shows you um, how much I do very much enjoy pandemic as as a as an idea, as a mechanism, as a game, as an experience. And I think the duration uh, plays a great part of it, as well as the. The, the difficulty levels, obviously, easy, medium, hard, which I'll be talking to you again as we talk about the various titles. Very few of my pandemics rate below seven, <laughs> just to give you uh, some context. Equally, okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I have 13 products listed here. Uh, Simon has a few more. So we're going to let Simon go. Uh, I think he went 16 deep, right? 
So uh, the reason, so we haven't included expansions. I think we might talk about them briefly, but I know you, you're, uh, you have more experience with expansions than I do in right. particular. There's only one that I've actually rated class as an expansion, but that's partly because of you how to play the game, which we'll talk about when we get onto that position. The novel we're not talking about, but I have uh, read the novel, say so played the novel, and it's very much like pandemic. It's very fun. You have a research, you have a dispatcher, you have right. the medic, you have the quarantine specialist. You are literally almost handing cars to each other, which is very cool how they've done that. So uh, very enjoyed that. But speaking about number 15, which will I'm sure be in Jason's list, because I'm seeing obviously some games behind him there, is a game which is, it wasn't terrible. I preferred Fuse. It's the only game I'm giving a six out of 10 to. It might have been experience. And that is Rapid Response. Mm -hmm. So any views on that currently before we, we move on? Or we, can we Actually, can, uh, okay, no, well, you can go ahead and explain yours. And then right. I get to rap. The rap response is on my list, but uh, cool. you know, okay. so we'll, okay, we'll get fine. to that when we... Uh, nice. Okay, so your 15 sense. is Rapid yeah. Response. And then number 14 is, is, is a seven out of 10. So we're starting off now above my average. And it's an okay dice game in Pandemic series. It's seven out of 10. I generally go a bit more deep into my decimals, but I won't initially, and that is The Cure. Sure. Okay. So in at 13, uh, as the host, do you, do you want to start? Or... I'll start it off. All okay. right. So um, my number 13. Uh, so we're going 13 to 1 over here. And I and we'll, obviously, it's going to be overlap because we're reading the same thing. Uh, but we're going to surprise each other a little bit. So my number 13 is Pandemic Contagion, and that is number 13 with a bullet. Uh, that is the um, – it actually came out really early. Uh, they didn't know what they – what they had with pandemic, like, you know, they didn't know that it was the co-op-iness of pandemic that was popular. So like Contagion was like, okay, well, pandemic's a popular brand. So we're going to release branded games uh, in this pandemic system. And they release it. It's this kind of competitive area control thing where you're trying to infect the world. Uh, and mm, it's a, it's a fine game. It, it's a, it's a perfectly cromulent game. Uh, I'm not going to say it's like bad or anything. If someone lays it down, it's like, all right, well, you know, it works. Uh, not something I'm going to draw, not something I'm going to um, seek out. Uh, if you, the theme obviously is not something that resonates with me, um, like really hard. And it's, and really it's because the, the theme is so difficult. Like as a game itself, this area control kind of like, you know, putting cubes on cards type thing. It's not bad. It's just, you know, that's not why I play pandemic. So pandemic sure. contagion 13 with a bullet. Okay, cool. So um, in terms of uh, us talking about our list in advance, I know there's something that we're curious to maybe discuss and you kind of eye rolled on us. Now let, let's see if we can do it straight straight into the video and see how we get proper sure. cool first time reactions. Now there's a game very like Plague Inc. and it is my 13. It's a good entry. It's seven out of 10 for me. And it's also, it's also Contagion. Right. <laughs> I'll cross over already. So I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. It could be a bad thing in the sense that obviously lots of people agree maybe with us about, I don't know. But the fact that we started with 13 as an overlap, I think it's quite interesting how Great minds think alike, perhaps. Right. Obviously, divergence uh, is great. Although but, I'm a little, yeah. I, I had to bite my tongue a little bit about Pandemic the Dice Game. The fact that it's still there, I should tell you, that's a little bit higher on my list. But so it's not going to be a perfect kumbaya. But yeah, uh, it's not. It's 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 a solid game. It's not why mm -hmm. people join, um, engage with the system. And sure. you know, the fact that they never followed up on it, there's no like it, and further contagions. They never made any other competitive pandemics after this. To tell you mm -hmm. everything you need to know. Uh, but having said that, give it a shot. Not not terrible. So whatever. exactly. All right. Uh, so my number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, still your seven. Yeah, you still got. You still gave it at least a seven out of ten. Oh, uh, contagion now. Contagion like a. Oh, okay. It's like a five point five. <laughs> okay, round <rounding. Okay. laughs> six. I get a six. Six will be fine. Uh, okay, so uh, my next one is uh, six point five. Uh, you mentioned it. Rapid response. Uh, it's here somewhere. Did I? Is it here somewhere? It's somewhere. Uh, yeah, maybe it's, not. It's up. But, it's up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's right okay, up there. Cool. I'm not gonna hold on. Wait. I've wait, got wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
The, uh, take my Where? word for people. It's in there somewhere. Uh, pandemic, pandemic rapid response. Uh, yes, Simon mentioned that it is real-time kind of fuse and flatline from King Klinko, that uh, same designer. Um, again, not terrible. Uh, real, real-time isn't uh, a, a necessary draw for me, uh, so that's fine. Um, but I think the thing that bothered me about this pandemic is that um, the there's a there's a mechanism right like in, in t- when you do a pandemic there's always a push pull like you do the short term crisis and then long term you know have to do cure the cures and everything and that's exciting in base pandemics so like you're doing a disease you're going all over around the world and all kind of stuff uh, in the in uh, rapid response the short term thing you have to deal with this thing called waste and so like you're generating you're rolling dice and waste is something that you just kind of generate along the way that kind of you know mucks up your dice rolls and you know, you put them in a separate place, like a waste bin, and then you deal with it and you move on. I just don't find that exciting at all. And it felt very mechanical. It felt like it was trying to solve a design problem as opposed to like kind of doing something really exciting and forward looking. So it's like, uh, you know, if I'm going to play a dice game, like I want it to be exciting. You know, that's the whole point of dice is I, I want that, like, that sense of like, you know, uh, I don't want to have to sit there managing waste that the, and mechanically, thematically, just uh, utterly took it away from me. Uh, so I still own it because it they they it, they got me, <laughs> they got me. They put pandemic on the name, so I have to at least consider owning it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is definitely number twelve for a real reason. So and I don't and, and like yeah. future pa- it's it's one of those things where it's like I have contagion and rapid response, and then when a new pandemic comes out, I'll be like, okay, where does it slot above <laughs> these two things? I don't anticipate future releases going below uh, those two products. No, that's interesting. So uh, my 12 is an inter- interesting one because I think I would have probably given a lot higher rating than this. It's very highly regarded. I happen to be only the sixth person to play it after it kind of left Asmodee's like, HQ. Mm. So the chance to play it very early. And there was a bit of a queue. I was trying to get on the first table, but I thought if they're playing as a five, maybe I'll try and hold off on, on a teach and maybe pick up it better. And it's a great tower defense game. If I think it's Pandemic meets Legends of Andor, which I'm a massive fan of Legends of Andor. And it's interesting and tough, and you need to work out the puzzling nature of it. I like the chaining element, and that is the game Fall of Rome. Mm. So that's your top of your list. Now, I'd normally give this much, much higher, but then having, I guess, re reevaluated all my other listings of these, I just feel that there's a lot going on. And if I want to just play something like Pandemic, it's, it's a co-op, but I think, and it's seven out of 10. So I kind of listing it next to something else, which is right. quite of interest, but I just feel that it's, it's, it's very involving and pandemic isn't generally a particularly long game. It's, it's an hour-ish, 45 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a bit less than that or 20 minutes if you, if you get knocked off early, but uh, it's Fall of Rome is quite a different beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's at all a bad thing. I've played very long co-ops, maybe like seven hour long co-ops. But the fact is sometimes it just doesn't necessarily, it doesn't grab me as like, yeah, I want to play this pandemic right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think so. They they wanted to evoke war game with that. And it's very few war games that play like a breezy 30 minutes. Uh, you know, they want, I mean, again, pandemic isn't going to be this whole, like, kind of like full war game experience, but you got the dice and you got the troop movements and you got kind of different ways that what the war response to you and everything. So, I mean, are you at all a con- a high conflict player? I know you would play a lot of co-ops, but I mean, do you like conflict games in general, war games in general? And is um, that, did that create some of the difficulty for you? 
So, I mean, Root uh, obviously isn't a co-op, but obviously there's a huge amount of conflict in that one. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I generally, I do like co I do like conflicts, although I do like conflict with some negotiation, perhaps, or something else to mm. it, rather than just I happen to be there. And I think error control isn't something I'm generally a fan of. I mean, I've yet to properly, properly design a board game, but the one game I started off with was what's my least, one of my least favorite themes happens to be error control. And I thought, well, let's just quickly make a game and I happen to make it, and I've already gone through like six iterations. It's gone very well uh, with people, and I've just yet to release it because, I don't know, I, I think it needs a bit more to it. I mean, it works, but there's a few more things I want to do with it. And to be honest, there's some other games that I'd perhaps rather release first if I happen to. Okay. So, um, no, it's just happens to be one of those things. How, what's your view on, on conflicts and stuff like that? I guess we'll find, we don't talk about your position for <laughs> Fall of Rome. I mean, we're, we're, what's we're your a, view on Okay. Definitely up there uh, for me. Uh, I mean, and I, I like that they I like that they went for something different like they could just re-release that you know new pandemic skins you know uh I mean I think that Terika Durai kind of falls into this a little bit they yeah. they play with the mechanisms a little bit but like you know so a lot of the maps play out with like basically the same but like one new mechanism I, I like yeah. I appreciate that pandemic has tried to kind of break the mold a little bit and with the historical ones and like each pandemic breaks the mold you can see the guts of it, but like it, it goes in a very different direction. So I just yeah. kind of, as a general rule, it's like, all right, give me something different. And so I'm a little bit more um, friendly to that. And then when we get yeah. to Rome, I'll, I'll, I'll explain some of the things about like why I specifically like it. Uh, but yeah, cool. no, Rome is good. Uh, okay, so uh, my number 11 is Pandemic yep. Hot Zone. Uh, so Pandemic Hot Zone, I'm actually going to combine the North American and the European. They combine, uh, they, work, they work generally the same. Uh, they the characters all interact. So like you can actually own both and like you have your miniature researcher and your miniature scientist in the North America and then your miniature like containment specialist in, a, a hot zone in um, Europe and that works fine. Um, so if you don't know what hot zone is, I, I came up saying miniature, it is miniature pandemic. There's only three diseases, not four. Uh, they took out some of the kind of, uh, you know, event cards and there's a lot of like uh, ways in which they just shrunk down the experience. They wanted to give you a pandemic for 20 bucks. Uh, and hey, that's really what it is. You pan ever for 20 for 20 bucks or even less if you get it like, you know, through a target sale or whatever it is. So I, I get what they were going for. It just leaves me a little bit cold and I have tried playing it. And for, you know, I think part of the magic of pandemic is like a regular size board. Like, you know, having that world spanning adventure is a part of the draw. So like I can see people wanting the shorter time, but you know, you want to give people something you want. You don't want to just give them like a, a shorter, a, a smaller, more kind of confined experience. You know, you want a whole, if you're going to be sitting there playing a board game, you want to give them the whole thing. Uh, so again, not bad. I, I'd say it's like 6.5, seven area around there. Um, I, I own, I own them because I, I'm a sucker, uh, but I don't know if I can say, okay, you must go out and get this. This is a good supplement to pandemic. I don't know. That, that your mileage may vary on that one. Cool. So I, I did split them out uh, and I wasn't planning to, but I did. And uh, Jason's aware of them in advance. So my hot in North America is also a seven out of 10 and it's also my number 11 as well. And when I first played it, I initially thought, oh, this is going to be just quite a weak pandemic. But actually I realized, including the teach, which doesn't take a long once you've played the game before, we got through it as a two in about 11 minutes. We happened to win the game. And uh, I mean, if, if we lost, you can lose games very quickly, but right. we haven't done that so quick to play. I didn't mind the size of the board, the size of the cards, and actually the fact that I can take it anywhere 
I thought was really fascinating. And I generally like to play some games fast. So I know Steve's aware that I've played like a Zool in, in nine minutes and seven wonders in seven minutes and even Ticket to Ride New York in 80 seconds. So I just bashed it through like mm. that. So in terms of playing some games really quickly, it means I can play more games. I can play the same game multiple times as well and experience different things. You know, I like to alternate my characters. So with Andor, I like to ensure that I try all the different fate cards and stuff like that. So for me, I actually was surprised that I've got the same game in a smaller box, similar to Ticket to Ride. And whilst I agree with the immersion, I mean, they talk about epics, you know, being three hour plus games, you need that duration. I sometimes feel that, and games such as, well, Great Cops, such as uh, Dead of Winter, very immersive. But actually, the inverse can also be true. If you want to, you've got 20 minutes and it is someone who hasn't played it before, then you can play it on your lunch break compared to Pandemic, where you probably won't be able to teach it and get through it right. if you're probably going to win it. So I actually was very impressed with it did pass that green lighting stage of, yes, it's a smaller version, but it still works. Um, but that's, I, don't, I now know we're probably going to get out of sync possibly, but maybe there's a chance you could talk about expansions uh, if we get back into it. But sure. yeah, that's our number 11. All right. Uh, so we're going to get more hot zone <laughs> talk. I, I, I do appreciate what you said about the lunch break game. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I don't have a work situation where I can have that you know, capacity to just sit down and play lunch, but that, that would be interesting to, cause you, you can't play the big, like the, the regular base pandemic. You can't play them. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, so no, that's, that's interesting uh, perspective. I got it. I'll, uh, I may uh, consider re-rake, but although I don't know, like there's some strong ones above this. Uh, okay. Space as well. Although, yeah, anyway, come up there. So now we're getting to top uh, our top tens. Uh, so my 10th is the game, if, you, if you're looking on the video, right on the bottom of the stack, uh, Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. Uh, so that's one seven out of 10 for me. And I think it's, it, you know, it's Pandemic and it's pretty good. I think what, what makes this kind of trail the pack a little bit for me is the... Is, is what they meant, right? They wanted this to be a shorter, punchier, a swingier pandemic. It's Cthulhu. So like, you know, you want the, you want the monsters and uh, you want like a, a, a feeling that of unsettledness, you know? So, you know, you're, the game is going one way and in like a lot of pandemic games, you kind of get a momentum, right? Uh, but, you know, in Cthulhu, more things can happen that kind of take stuff away from you. Uh, you know, you have giant monsters that kind of like spawn somewhere or spawn nowhere. Like, you know, a game could really end in seven minutes if you're not paying attention, or you can just blow through it and like, oh, wow, that was easy. And then, so there's so, there's so much variance in it. And I, you know, I, I'm glad it's there uh, and I'm happy to play it. At seven out of 10 is a good grade for me. It's just um, that sometimes the swinginess can be really difficult for me to handle. Uh, as a game experience so that's just kind of like the, right there but it's a it's good okay cool so my number 10 is very interesting it's rising tide so it's also that kind of uh trilogy i think it is of right. uh re i think key re-themed pandemics i guess so let's talk about times throughout history yeah, apart history. from fall of rome which was and i do by the way fall of rome i love paolo mori big fan of augustus and stuff like that and i've got more of his games still unplayed so i'm still keep play them the following is eight out of ten though for me rising tide i found it very easy on easy and normal i really quite like the windmill things i mean being at number 10 isn't particularly high for pandemic but the idea of getting these pumping stations is very crucial i think integral to making sure that you have these dams and they're filling up and you're having to pump water around it, I kind of got into it. I didn't like it much. I think the more I played it, the more I enjoyed it. And the more I kind of worked out the puzzly nature of actually how you kind of, how you don't lose and how you then work with various different things. 
Some of the downsides, though, which I'm sure you're going to also be aware of, is some of the spellings of Dutch places, like with versions of Dutch ticket riders, like where on earth are these places? And it's, it's very unlike tickets ride where you actually have a kind of a small little map to show you where things are. It can be a bit frustrating. You get to learn a lot, of, a lot about Dutch uh, geography, but it, it is a bit. It is a bit much to try and actually understand how to pronounce these things when you're trying to say who's got or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which sounds like a Cthulhu word. <laughs> we'll come on to that. <laughs> which so, our um, Dutch listeners are going to be like, well, it sounds like Cthulhu to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was the first pandemic game that I had played in terms of like messing with the meta. Right. It was the first pandemic game because, yeah. okay, so Iberia came out and it was kind, it was kind of pandemic-y, right? They, they did some changes, but very recognizable, the system. Uh, Rising Tide was the first one where I was like, okay, you're not dealing with disease anymore. You're dealing with water. And the cubes are, you know, they were, they fulfill the function of disease, but now they're water and they act like water. So they're not going to just like appear in random places. They're going to, they're going to flow from the inside. Uh, and so you know, I, I'll say more about that. But in terms of kind of breaking expectations, I really appreciated that Rising Tide, um, they gave me something very different and very unexpected. Then I'll talk about like how much I received that in a little bit. Uh, so that was number 10. That was number 10. Yep. All right. And uh, last, I guess, in terms of Rising Tide, it's sometimes harder to predict where things are going. Like when you see pandemic cubes, like, boom, I need to with Chicago, wherever it might be. It's a bit, it's slightly harder. Sometimes it's like, do you know what? I can let that go for a while because it just works a bit differently. But it's a bit harder to plan out. I'm not saying people don't spot that, but it's yeah, it, it's interesting anyway. All right, so my number nine, our first uh, disagreement. Uh, uh, this is we're going eight and above now. So uh, we got to we got through the uh, the stuff that I would be happy to play, but whatever. Here now, I'm, now I'm excited to play. So it is my my uh, number nine is Pandemic the Cure. Uh, so I'm gonna I combine that with ex- the Experimental Meds expansion. So I I rarely play Pandemic the Cure without unless I'm playing with total newbies. Uh, so I mean, I just, I, I like the dice. I like the, uh, I mean, I have definitely struggled to introduce the board game to people, but had more success with the dice game. I think on okay. some level, people understand the dice, especially if you're not a, like a regular hobby gamer. If you're a hobby gamer, it's whatever. But like, if you're not, and I've introduced it to people who are not, and I introduced it, I'm a psychotherapist. So I've actually played this game in therapy with people. Uh, you know, just explore the headspace of like, you know, disease and all that kind of stuff. They like the dice. They like, and they understood the dice. They understood like the, the rolling and, you know, constantly flowing in dice and everything. Uh, so, you know, and it gives you that pandemic flavor. It does the short-term, long-term thing pretty well. Uh, can you lose? Yes. <laughs> can you lose unfairly? Yes, because we were too many buyer hazards. So people have a problem with that. Um, but I think the game is quick enough to where, like losses, you could just kind of shuffle again and like and go. And the, the game does do some mitigation things, so you're not like completely hosed. So I just think it's a really solid package. Like I can understand like your perspective, like why it's so why it didn't hit for you, but because I'm thinking about it in terms of like how useful it has been for me, rather than like, exactly. you know, am I gonna play a pandemic for myself? It, I will not like if I had this whole pile, you know, open to me, I'm not choosing the cure first. That is not happening. But in terms of its uses and the way that I've been able to use it with other people, then I really appreciate it. So Pandemic the Cure is my number nine. So in terms of my view on the cure, yes, I do agree with the, uh, the idea of dice. And they're very uh, I think tactile, easy to read. Obviously, you don't have to worry about cards and the orientation of them and what's written on the rest of the card. Obviously, you can then roll them. You can quickly see what you're doing with them. And I can see how the experience lends itself very well to uh, what your enjoyment you've got out of playing the cure. And 
similar to when you go traveling perhaps or whatever you might be doing but ultimately the experience you're getting out of you know feeding for other people is very strong and obviously what you can decide how you enjoy a board game so in terms of my number nine it's again you've already mentioned it's very highly swingy it is cthulhu i found nearly all the cthulhu games are very swingy uh, this one thankfully not as much as some others i've played argon horror play the card game etc eldritch horror and still very much want to play but for me um i did give an eight out of ten it's gone up a few times actually for me uh, i think cthulhu it is uh, found it very easy on easy and on normal mode though which isn't a bad thing and of course, similar to, I guess, uh, Rising Tide, you do need to be familiar with your locations, Dolwich, mm -hmm. et cetera. But the idea of chasing is quite a nice idea, an idea that you can shoot things in a way. I think that's quite cool. And it's a game that, well, when they see the idea of Cthulhu, all right, sure, I'll play that. And suddenly it's quite this puzzly game where you're moving around. It's, it might uh, trip people up, but equally, I think it does work quite effectively. So that's my number nine. We've both ticked those off now. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I think we generally agree on some of the stuff that goes on. In the, and, and it's like consensus, right? I mean, I think that if you look at the trend line of pandemic releases, so it's like, okay, if if Cthulhu was this thing, we would have seen like expansions for Cthulhu or reiterations of Cthulhu. But it's like, I think it, it, it's there and it's fine. <laughs> and yeah. People move on and I, I use the, the different systems for Cthulhu. Uh, so, yeah. so now we're going to get into, and, and none of us have mentioned legacy. So I, mean, I imagine that legacy is going to nice. be like pretty high on the list for both of us. Okay. So yeah. my number eight is pandemic Iberia, which uh, makes some people mad because when people say like, okay, uh, pandemic, uh, you know, something else, the first one they usually mention is Iberia. Uh, and I going off of uh, the solo games list, so the solo games, Iberia is actually pretty highly ranked, uh, you know, relative to the other uh, pandemics. I think, I mean, I, I'm, so I, I know why the Iberia works for people. Like uh, it's in that the historical game and it has this innovative thing where you're building railroad tracks. And at the beginning, you can't really go anywhere, but by the end you're flying around. And it is very satisfying to be able to kind of like build towards mobility and power. So you feel very powerful by the end of the game of Iberia. So I get that. It's just for me, uh, I, I don't know. Like I just, it just wasn't different enough. Like I'm, I'm already flying around if I just got a card in a regular pandemic. So it's like, it doesn't give me that much of a different feeling. Uh, so, I mean, I, obviously it's great. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's one of it's an excellent game. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm comparing excellent games. I want to be very clear. Uh, but in terms of what, how I rank at these excellent games, uh, what, where is, where is Iberia a little bit of a hair short of some of the other ones? It's that, it's that like, okay, the hook of it, didn't hook me as solidly as the hook of some of the other ones. So um, doesn't mean it's bad. I would love to play Iberia anytime. Uh, so then that is my number eight. Right. So my number eight is a game that you haven't spoken about yet, I believe. It is World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King. I'll be talking to you more about it's my there, views. Right there, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, this is the first of only two that I'm showing you. I do have others, but not presently here. And yeah, Wrath of the Lich King has very spiky miniatures. It happens to be a game that is a theme I'm not really interested in necessarily. I did used to consult for um, Activision Blizzard. But for me, whilst it is too easy on easy mode and too easy on normal mode, uh, the abomination mode is ridiculously hard. You can't even complete a single quest. But it's a nice kind of challenge, the fact it's got four difficulty modes, not just three. And obviously that penultimate level as well is rather worth going for. The fact you do have these side quests, I think, is really cool. Uh, yes, it does have this tower defense, which is kind of what Pandemic has anyway. 
but the mm -hmm. fact it can split you up sometimes keeps you together. Uh, it's uh, it's a solo game as well, so you can two hand the game of Pandemic. I never have, I never two handed a co op unless it has a specific solo mode. But the fact that there's a nice little thumb uh, punch board thing that you can move along, I think it's really effective. I've played through every character, I've played through every quest and everything else too. Uh, my rating is, I think, 8.02. And yeah, because it's all about the harder modes. It's immersive. I've since watched the film, and I think because of that, I actually quite liked the film more than anticipated. So that's been my number eight. So let's go on to my number seven, uh, mentioned already, Pandemic Fall of Rome. Uh, right up top, I just did a playthrough, which should be coming up on the one-stop co-op shop. It hasn't been released already. It'll be released pretty soon. Uh, uh, Fall of Rome, uh, again, I like when Pandemic takes risks with their system. I think the system is stable enough to, like, I recognize the Pandemic guts of it, but then... You know, I, I vibe with the innovations and the fact that it is evoking that war game sense. And the I and I think I like the troop movement here. Like I like the troop movement. That's a draw for me. I think that's not a draw for others because it's a little bit more, you know, you have to, you know, it's it's you have lines and you know they're coming from usually Central Europe and they're uh, you know all drifting towards Rome. So then you, you know, you have to place cubes in this weird way where they're all connected. And, you know, if, if, if there's a city, but there's no reinforcements next to the city, you have to kind of draw back along the line. And, you know, I could see that being a little bit of a frustration for people. Uh, but for me, it's the absolute draw. Like, I love the idea of, and, and, and well, you'll see this in the playthrough that I did. Like there was one uh, faction, and there's always one faction that kind of escaped contained. <laughs> and like I just couldn't stop them from entering Rome and they eventually entered Rome uh and so like I'm there's five factions and I'm trying to like kind of beat back uh the different ones and then you know the fact that I couldn't do it all like I didn't have enough fingers for the dike that was bursting uh I and I get that feeling every time from pandemic and you know they implement the dice but the dice are very forgiving there's only one side that's a miss and everything else is uh exciting so they kind of figured out a way to put in dice that are that that feel good and are exciting but it isn't like punishing. I just think the whole thing is great. You know, I, I really do. I really enjoy uh, Pandemic Fall Room. So that's my number. Yeah, I mean, I do like the I do like the chaining. Like, I do like uh, Andor, and I like. I mean, anything with the the chains, you do have to keep an eye out. You do want to break those chains. You do want to be aware of other factions. And you do want to be conscious of the fact that oh, that person's doing really well. We need to boss on them. And sometimes it feels like oh, because I'm in the lead, do I really need to be bossed on? Uh, but it's a good point about the dice as well. I mean, the dice in uh, World of Warcraft as well is really strong as well. And it's the first and only game, I think, which doesn't have the word pandemic in the title, which nearly sort of slipped off us even talking about it, I think. Um, well, I would never, but, a pandemic game system, they they put that yeah. pretty obviously on the box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of if you go on Board Game Geek, you can't just immediately sign, and unless you go to the family under the series. So now I know, and this has always been the case, there always has to be an underdog. And everyone has to pin. This is why board games are so opinionated. There's so many different things out there. <laughs> Someone's going to like something more than others. Uh -oh. But we are talking about a legacy one now. Mm. So, uh, and I mean, well, yeah, it could be one position higher, but I'll come on to that later. So, the reason why this one, and I'll tell you which one it is in a second, is uh, my rating is 8.038. It's a great story. Very much enjoy it. It's the first one in the series. Ooh. And lots of, lots of people think, right, well, why is it only this low down mm. considering the fact that there's so much novelty going on and whilst it is so novel and it is a legacy game and that works very strong like i said this is a very highly rated game for me there are just other things i'll talk to you about in the other ones without obviously spoiling it uh for anyone who hasn't played them but that is something that uh, i give and six is still very very high and mm. i'll talk to you why i'd like 
some of the other legacy ones as well in a bit. But yeah, I think that is our, that wraps up our number seven. Yeah. That was number seven. Uh, so what I'll say about season one, talk about innovation. I think season one had the story and it borrowed a lot of mechanisms from the existing expansions. So it's like, I felt like I was playing 12 games of a game that I already have with yeah. those types of expansions and some other tweaks too. It wasn't like, there was some uh, original stuff they did, but they yeah. definitely borrowed a lot and they put in the story. So like, if you were gripped by the story and you, September, <laughs> that whole thing that happens. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I could see, but um, but if, if, if you're looking for something slightly different then I could see pandemic one kind of falling off. And cause I think two and zero definitely went off on different directions and they were, they were, they were pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, so I haven't even mentioned the legacy game yet, but uh, so they hey, are. I love them. Okay, uh, so my number six is World of Warcraft. Uh, so we're at number six. We're at number six. Okay. Uh, so World of Warcraft, you mentioned it before. Uh, one handed, it is literally the only <laughs> pandemic game that you can one hand because it does something very different with the cards. So uh, the cards in Pandemic, you have to collect the sets of cards. So you have to have a lot of cards available to you. So that requires, you know, either one-handed or like there's an official solo for the basic game. And it's like, well, you have to kind of maintain a separate hand of cards and switch between them. And it's like, why am I doing that? In World of Warcraft, the cards are only useful for triggering your powers. And in order to quote unquote, kind of do the cures, that's the quests. The quests are, and you just do them, by, and that's like a, a place you go, there's dice rolls and everything. So I just appreciate that. It's as a um, a gamer sensibility thing, as a usability thing. I like being able to kind of put my pandemic down, have my one hand, control my three characters, and go. It's fun, uh, and the game is and the game is super fun. Like you have moments of like the the game does flood the the zone with zombies, but it gives you powers to be able to counter the zombies. I like that. So I like when games give me like five zombies on a turn. It's like mid game, but then I have a power that lets me wipe out seven. If I position myself correctly, like that too. My only hesitation with this game is that I think the quests are really boring. Like, I think that going to the area and like roll, 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 roll. I think that's boring. I think there was room for something a little bit more innovative to do the same thing. Cause I like the quest. I'm a big world of Warcraft guy. I was. So I get it. I as Joel Nerub and the Nexus, then that's me. So going to the Nexus and seeing it as like a card full of numbers, roll, 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 for me missed opportunity. So that's the only, my only difficulty with it. Otherwise, I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Yeah, sharing the cards, going to the same location, and being able to share your cards to do it is very effective, whether that be solo or otherwise. I think, uh, and I mentioned, yeah, I played through yeah, all the characters, all the quests, and it's nice to combine them and just see how they work. But in terms of, I can kind of agree the sameness of the boredom, but maybe it's just, it's all about the rush. Do you need to rush to try and complete that quest, which ideally you should, or do you right. need to jump out of there and deal with it? Because the longer you stay there, there are some negative effects. But generally speaking, you just want to get that quest done because you can't complete the major quest mm -hmm. until these side quests are done. So yeah, that, that's a factor for me. And uh, onto my six, it's the only expansion which I've got here, only because I've kind of played it this on, a, on its base game as it is kind of thing. It's right. the base game plus something on top, and that's on the brink. Mm. Now, strangely, I've played the one with the fifth uh, cure, fifth, fifth disease, and the other one, the only one I haven't played, which is the one that I think is the best, it seems, but I haven't played it yet, is the Bioterrorist. But great options. So um, maybe that's a chance for you if you want to just fill in 
this little gap, well, we've mm -hmm. actually done it now anyway, is we could always talk about, because otherwise we're going to get a sync, um, uh, any of the other expansions, but it probably makes more sense to us do it when we get onto our number one or two or three, whenever we need to. But, okay, I mean, we'll yeah, talk about my... the, because I didn't, I didn't read the expansion separately, so I can, talk, I can comment sure. about them now. So there's three expansions, and I did playthroughs. On the one-stop co-op shop, I get to advertise those things. I did an expansion for a playthrough for the On the Brink, with the virulent strain, this is the fifth disease, and the, um, the the mutations. So like the adjusted disease, like this a little bit harder to cure. Yeah. Uh, I played in the lab with the lab board, and I played the um, in the hinterlands with the hinterlands and a superbug and all kind of things. So I pl I've played all the expansions, and they're all on the ones I've called shop. Uh, and I don't know, just I think it's more of like the, in the aggregate thing. I like having them there. I don't know that any particular expansion, except for maybe the lab one. I think if you're, if one module stands out is the lab because it's so thematic. You take the disease and you put it in the thing and you're using your actions and you're doing all that. So like, if I'm going to select, like if I was doing this list of like, okay, I'm going to make the expansion separate, it would probably be the lab expansion, not so much the on the brink. But I think if you're getting into pandemic on the brink is a necessary purchase because you get the more roles and you do get a little bit of an extra mold. So in terms of getting into pandemic, on the brink is definitely one you're going to want to get. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I think the way you can mix things around is really interesting and how you can handle those. Uh, it almost feels like Dinosaur Island or something like that. It's going to be quite interesting to see what you can do with how else they could then reinvent it, which almost does sound like hybridizing it, but just, just right. covering your cough there, which is very well covered. So um, <laughs> good. All right. So now we're up to number five. Five. All right. So my number five. Uh, is uh, Legacy Season 2. So Legacy Season 2, I think the least well-regarded of the Legacies. And for different reasons, I think there was... like a Legacy different, uh, Season 2 went in a very different direction. Uh, Legacy Season 1, like I said was before, was like, okay, it felt like Pandemic 12 times or 18 times, however many you, you played. Uh, season 2 really tried to go in a different direction. I had um, Matt and... Uh, Rob on the show to talk about what they did and they really wanted to try to do something different because they didn't just want to repeat the same thing over and over again. Uh, so I like the result. Uh, I think there was some difficulty in the kind of April area, like March, April, they weren't as obvious as they could have been in terms of where to go. So a lot of people lost uselessly. <laughs> uh, so that became, that became frustrating. And the games themselves were super long. Like, you know, we're talking hour and a half games of pandemic. Yeah. And I think people are not in for that. They're just not. I, it's not that it, it's not a system that can accommodate sitting there for 90 minutes and puzzling things out. So I think two was, I, I could see why people had difficulty with two. I think the good things that two did, which were the, you know, the reversed mechanism where like I'm putting supply down. And the, I think the story was cool. I think the, the expanding world was cool. And dot, 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 when it comes to the story, I won't spoil anything. Uh, so it did enough good things for me to be very, very highly ranked, but I can understand why other people are a little bit more disconnected from it. Cool. Well, it's not in the same position as you, so obviously it's higher, but I will mirror your thoughts, which you put very succinctly about the fact that it is longer. And I've played it... Um, as a three and as a four and with different groups. And as a four, for example, it can be two and a half hours you're puzzling over stuff. And when you're driving, sometimes in this instance, because our group kind of moved away, we were driving over two hours and then you're getting back at 3 a.m. or something because right. you know when it finishes and we're thinking, oh, we'll get through two games of it tonight and get through one. And the idea of the reverse mechanism is really interesting because 
it is different and it is like ah oh, how on earth do i get my head around this and i was actually a very short notice called up to be a pandemic judge at tournaments oh, but wow. the trouble was oh, <laughs> i'd just come from playing pandemic legs of season two i was like whoa you know was like, is this right are they doing and of course my mind was completely in the wrong space about how that should be doing it so it it is very different and uh we'll talk about more when i go into it but hopefully if anything else i did oh yeah the story yeah the story is really good very very varied um very much enriching as well and i think that's like one reason why i felt season one was very linear i actually felt it didn't branch much right. for example compared to season two i felt season two had more of a branch to it but uh we'll come back to that so my this is uh, number five i believe is actually base pandemic i'm mm -hmm. sure that's uh, one that you've gone here to 8.59 uh, it wasn't always as fun but it's solid and good and uh i've i've enjoyed playing it on on hard mode in particular, I found actually hard mode can be easier than easy mode because your clustering is very much more focused on right. where things are. So it's interesting how it's come about. And it took me, I think, at least seven games to maybe win it on, I don't know if it was easy or pretty hard. But then I went to this Comic-Con event and I've been playing with somebody who was just a genius at it. And he goes, oh yeah, play on hard mode. And we played it seven times back to back. We won it every time on hard mode. I give all the credit to this other guy. And it was dressed like some kind of like dojo warrior because it was in like um, in cosplay. But it's just like, wow, the stuff I learned from that guy is just incredible. And yeah, no, it's just an incredible game. Obviously, it's as high as it is for me and it's obviously even higher for you because of what it's done. You know, it's 14 years old now. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So little more to say. I'm sure you've got a lot more to say. I'll leave it for you there. Uh, that's my number five. My number four uh, is finally we get to it. Uh, our biggest divergence of clearly Rising Tide. So I really, really love what Rising Tide is doing. I love the water. The water is very evocative. Uh, you mentioned before the windmills. So the windmills definitely break up the rhythm. So like you get into pandemic and there's a rhythm to it. It's like, you know, you take your actions and you draw your cards and you put the diseases. And then if there's an epidemic, whatever. And a lot of the pandemics flow through that same rhythm. Rising Tide breaks that up with the windmills and windmills are really important because <laughs> you don't do, do your windmills properly and you know, then they're, they're going to, um, it's going to mess you up. So it, it's kind of reflective. I think that one of the splatter guys uh, helped redesign. So like, okay, we need to put more crunch in this thing. <laughs> I could definitely tell that decision. And also the graphic design is difficult because the, it's hard to see where the different zones are uh, because yeah. the way they drew a little bit more of a topographical map where I think I, the, a cleaner, um, you know, even if it was uglier, like a cleaner version would have been more usable, right? So then there's a couple things that went into what made Rising Tide a little bit more difficult for people. For me, I just, I, I don't know, like I, it, it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, it just, you know, the, just the fact that they, you think of those different spaces and the way the water acts, I just love the, how evocative the water is. I love the puzzle of it. I get, I get what you're saying. Like once you kind of, like, I think a lot of pandemics are that way. Like once you kind of solve it, like these are quote unquote solvable games. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't care. Like I, I'm there to have fun. And every once in a while, the game will bite me in the butt when I'm you know, a little too overconfident, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm the rising tide is easily my favorite historical game. Uh, and then is one of my favorite pandemic games in general. Uh, it is number four. Sure. Fantastic. Very cool. So uh, for my number four, it's a game that you've already mentioned. You've already bundled it together. It is Hot Zone Europe. It's I, me. What? So, <laughs> what? So the reason why I, I was really surprised by this one because uh, they're not the main characters. I mean, my favorite character is the generalist just because it's so efficient. Mm. And, that's obviously the, and that's in North America. So when I had these characters, I'm like, ah, 
Now, this might be because I know that, for example, Ticket to Ride Europe is very popular, maybe in Europe because it's Europe, maybe it's North America, and maybe this right. is because it's, I don't know, because actually Europe's my least favorite Ticket to Ride. I've played all the Ticket to Rides, and Europe's my least favorite because Push Your Luck and Set Collection, which makes kind of no sense in a way. But in this instance, with, uh, with what I'm really discovering, what I'm really liking about Hot Zone Europe is the fact you actually have characters I would not normally play with. Right. I do get some of them in, uh, I think, season two, for example, or stuff like that, and quarantine specialists, things like that, which are a bit more prominent than they are in the original base game, especially if you've got the original pandemic. But for me, again, I'm having a chance to play through these characters more frequently as well, because, again, it's a shorter game. It's a nice half-sized uh, board. We can whip through it very quickly. And that's something else whereby it's it's just, no, it's just quick i can just play it and i've got i'm fully immersed into it i could lose this game and i've got well i could have three hours or so but i want to spend three hours over it but in about 20 minutes whatever i could be like trying to do it and yeah so in terms of that divergence perhaps even more so right, um right. but i mean yeah you knew it was gonna be there somewhere that is the other game which i was going i was trying to grab but it's so small i can't even find it right now <laughs> so there's that one um so yeah that's my number four like i said oh, hemispheres have you played hemispheres i haven't tried mixing them together no so uh yeah it's it's for me it's, it's pandemic but it's small i can if i want to there are games whereby i can go straight in and play a bigger version but if i want to quickly play a game with someone hey do you want a quick game of pandemic let me show you it plays great and there's no need to actually go from that to teaching them the rules for playing the full version other mm -hmm. than it's just an extra cube and that's great uh, for me at least just i think it's the kind of groups i'm in there's a variety of groups it just happens a lot i mean there's over 90 plus venues you can see on instagram about a year so it's loads of different venues about two and a half thousand different people that i'm gaming with and it's right. just it's just handy to know that i've got the efficiency of saying small game small box rather than carrying fewer games i guess is one way of putting it so that's my number four mm -hmm. into uh, into bronze position now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like um, you know, having a jar full of rocks, and yeah. the the games are like sand, and they can just you can just put into sand at any time. And that's yeah. really really cool to do. Okay, uh, so my number three is Legacy Zero. So Legacy Zero was fantastic. Oh my god, uh, and it, it's funny to it's hard to talk about the legacies because you know you want to spoil stuff. Um, Zero was a, a a callback, right? As Zero felt more familiar. You know that the two released, and then I think with zero they wanted to just kind of you know, end it on a on a bang, and it's like okay, all right, we're we're gonna go back to what we know, and it's a spy thriller, and it does this thing. I think the characters, the character mechanism is was fabulous, in terms of so in season one you had the multiple characters, right? And you, you know, let's say if you got one character, then you lost the ability to play the other character. You had to keep them in the box. And, and that was difficult for people. What they saw was that people just stuck with their characters. Even if the scenario said, okay, this other character would be better. It's like, no, no, I've put the upgrades on this one. I'm attached to this one. I'm playing this one. And so they're like, okay, how can we do that in zero? How can we give them that I kind of split difference and they came up with this passport system so like you know you could be a loyalist asian you know, loyalist american loyalist russian cold war game or neutral and those are all three things that you could be and you could use an action to flip between those two loyal all those loyalties so you never had to be without your character you didn't lose immersion you didn't lose attachment to it brilliant brilliant and the yeah. fact that it kind of you know uh, and it had like it, it it was familiar, but they added different things with like the tanks and you know other thing, other stuff going on. The story was also good. Just a really, you could definitely tell 
that this was the most tightly designed. Yeah. You know, all lessons were learned. And, you, you know, obviously that's obvious to say, but it's nice to see it. And my friend made this comment when we were playing, like we always, like we would come with a rules question and the rules question was always in the book. Like it was always answered. Oh, by the way, if you run into this, do this. And you, you rarely see that in games. A lot of times you have to kind of go to the FAQs or, you know, write a, a question. I did not find a single question that was not already answered in the rule book, which is amazing. So really tightly designed game, really fun story. Uh, season zero, my number three. I think it's also, so it's my, it's not my number three. So just let you know, but in terms of uh, the, the narrative, fantastic narrative, occasionally I felt it's, I don't know, there's bits like at the end of a chapter where I might say, oh, what's going to happen to this person? And I felt, all right, well, it's, you know, it's foregone conclusion. I don't know what it's going to do, but it is what it is. In terms of duration, I'd say it's probably in between two and one in terms of how long each mission probably right. takes. Uh, I think, I mean, I know after Pandemic Legacy Season 1, they're planning to release the next one within maybe 14 to maybe 18, maybe 16 months. But then I think uh, Z-Man said, look, we'll give you three years. You know, we want you to give this a good push. Do not rush it. Have as long as you need. And that's why they led to this three-year cycle. And yeah, I can see what you mean about uh, the story. Um, yeah, I like the way they kind of kept some narrative across all three without spoiling it. Literally, I like to only talk about what's I can tell you from the back of the box. You just generally as far as I like to go with it right. um, in terms of um, uh, the story itself. So yeah, that's that. In terms of my number three, uh, what do we have here? It's Iberia. So it's 9.06 wow. uh, on, on hard. So on hard mode, we, we, we actually only, we've never only ever played on hard mode. And the very first game of it, uh, we're only one card away from victory. Um, and I was the railroad dude. So yes, I very much like uh, route building. I like the idea that you can move along. I know you can fly, I guess, because of when it was set, maybe you can't and all the rest, mm -hmm. but it's, it's nice to kind of see that path. Yes, that track would be a bit annoying, but um, yeah, it, it stands out. It's strangely, I would say I'd still rather play, uh, well, probably un unsurprisingly, my two and ones first, um, but that's how it is. And yeah, that's my number three. Mm -hmm. All right. So not too much surprise. So we're getting down to the degree for number two and one. Uh, my number two is season one uh, of Legacy. So for all the reasons that I've said, I mean, I it was... Um, it was number. I think it was. It was ranked number one in BGG for a long time for a reason. It came out. Of, it so came out of nowhere. Like this is awesome. You know. Uh, you know. Like, we know pandemic. We know this stuff. Wow. I actually built progression into it and the, the the changing board and everything. And it's been so long since I've played it, so it's hard to like. It. My my tendency is to be like, okay, it's been so long since I played it. You know, the the memories start to fade, so to speak. And it's like, okay, should it be dropping a little bit to make room for the north? But then I have to remember. How did I feel in the moment? How did I feel at the time with all the reveals? How did I, you know, the, the excitement, the group text, when can we play next? When can we play next? Uh, I, 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 re I remember that excitement or I try, I try to hold on to that memory. And just the, the, the feelings that that game generated, it, I, no, second to none, this, a second to none. So like other games made me feel differently and I was very excited to play everything, but like just the pure like, next turn next turn next turn. let's do this now let's do this now i think that it that i don't think any of the other products have beaten season one so it is a nine nine point five out of me for me so it's uh just amazing 
Cool. So yeah, I fully agree with that. So I remember, I think for all the pandemic legacies, they've been around five to seven months, I guess, in duration mm -hmm. to kind of play them. There were some, uh, some uh, obviously some legacy games prior to that. Obviously it started obviously with, with Risk Legacy, which I've still yet to play, but I want to play that one. I've played had about 15 legacy games at this point, but I've very much uh, enjoyed uh, pandemic legacy seasons. And my number two, it is season zero. So 9.7, more in depth, even more rules, uh, deep theme, improving. And uh, yeah, for me, it's getting better and better and better. I mean, for me, it was, I happened to play as a two. It's the only of the pandemics I've played as a two specifically. Uh, very enjoyable to, yes, you don't have to swap characters, but generally whichever group I've been in, we always have done. And that's been very effective. Cool. All right, so now we're at number one, um, and it is base pandemic for me. So um, this box right here, and if you've seen the playthroughs, my cards are beat to high heaven. <laughs> and the reason I don't sleeve them, and I should, I, I, I should sleeve all the cards, is that it, you know, I wouldn't be able to fit everything in the in the box. And I'm not the, one of these people that needs that pristine games. Like the games exist to be loved for me. And if I'm going to play them, and if they're going to be a game in my regular rotation, I don't care as long as they're not trash. You know, a, a well-worn game is fine. Uh, and so, and the fact that, like, uh, so the reason why it's number one for me at the end of the day, it's like, okay, uh, the whole, like, what is it? Um, uh, Doom, five games for Doomsday by Ben Maddox. So it's like, if all of my games fell into a fire and there was a zombie apocalypse and I could only have one game, one product in the backseat, it's not going to be a legacy game because I'm going to run out at the end of the day. Uh, so that game is going to be this very box of Pandemic the one that fits all the expansions, all three of the base expansions. And so I'm going to have different varieties of games that I can play because I can play the different uh, things. I can play tons on the roles. And if I want to play with a brand new person who has never played Pandemic before, I would be very happy. Like you mentioned before, I definitely vibe with other people's experience. I can have fun if other people are having fun. So even though I am thoroughly bored by base Pandemic, I can still have fun in the eyes of another. Just lay out the base one, play the regular thing, and I will guide a new player through it. But if it's just me, I'll play the expansions. So much fun in this one box, which is why it is basic pandemic with the expansions is my number one pandemic. You should have got like a Gloomhaven box and put them all inside that one or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, firstly, thank you very much, obviously, for hosting. Unfortunately, I've had some, some weird, unexpected video crashes. I don't know what has caused them. It's a minus one error, whatever that is, with uh, square bracket parentheses. Never seen it before. Uh, Jason hasn't, but he's been very uh, obliging and stitching together about eight of these videos. So hopefully he won't edit out my number one because <laughs> you can probably work out what it is. There it is. I have yep. played through it twice. Why is it number one? It's the fact that you are mainly building routes. The fact that I can go from San Francisco to New Mexico, wherever it might be. And it's the fact that I can go, look, We've never done this route before. It's unique, it's new, but it's more efficient based on where we have diseases. For me, the idea that you can solve something quicker, yes, uh, the inverseness isn't necessarily good, but actually it feels quite cathartic to place down cubes. I don't know what it is, it's just getting it out of your hand. It just seems better than having to fiddle up and grab them and look for where they are. So actually seeing what you need to get down is great. And I, yeah, I've played it in different groups. I've played it like at the same time, in fact. And if ever there's a case whereby some might think I might know something, I'll say, look, no, up to you. You choose what we do next. So very much enjoyed that. Very much enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed, um, well, it's very hard 
most people find. So I know lots of people have uh, penalized it for that. I, I won it with one group, I lost it with one group. So that's one of the biggest things about it. Strangely, it's like, oh no, it's too hard. I'm rating it low. And I think that's a bit unfair. It's just because I don't know if people were very much expecting that. It is, it is a lot harder game. And if you lose that first game, it's not surprising. And even if second game, and you can lose a few games in a row, and sometimes people are, oh, and, and sometimes I'm not that pessimistic kind of person, but when you're hearing so many people groaning, it's just, it just gets you on your nerves a bit when you're like, all right, well, let's just play the game right. and see and, and don't have that affect you. So I think that's a big factor for people because I know very few people do rate it as their favourites. But the idea, like I said, of your, and there are different ways you can play the game and there's different strategies, I think, behind how you can choose to solve it. I think there's there are tertiary levels of puzzle solving going on in season two, mm-hmm. which are great to discover so many different things, the way you're dealing with cards, the way you're dealing with that board, the way you can move across that board. And uh, there's those little Easter eggs as well that I found, which I find really interesting. And it's just something you come with more plays. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, if I were to go back and play a legacy game, I'll play all three of them happily. Yeah. But the one I look forward to the most would be two because of what you said, because of the, the game will play out a lot differently. You know, and obviously I know where things are now, which that was the problem in the first place. I didn't know where things were. So we got lost and we get, you know, ended up losing four straight games. Uh, but they gave you a catch up mechanism and you kind of got back on track. Uh, now I know where to go, but the geometry will differ and the route building will differ. And, and the, the way that uh, like I, I might uncover and go down one path in the one game, but that's a whole different path. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Matt and Rob talked about this on the show, like they had to get to the same place. So like by November, it's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Whatever you missed, here you go. But at least getting there would be, you know, satisfying and fun. So yeah. I, I would want to go back to two. I have plenty to play. So that's not going to happen anytime soon, yep. uh, but I would love to go back to two anytime. So that's a good choice. Cool. All right. I'm glad to, glad you've got your vibe on that one. And it sounds like um, it's vindicated, shall we say, season two to some degree, because I think that's with people going on there on what it was, not what it could be, or what right. people obviously are aware of it. And I think that's just how, and I don't, I did mention, obviously, I've played a number of these games on these harder modes, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm good at them or anything like that. It's just I want to try them all out on all different difficulties. And I'm, I prefer to win a co-op than lose a co-op. But equally, if I have won it on easy mode, I mean, I could try and play it again. And I've definitely lost on easy mode on many different games, including the pandemics. But equally, I would prefer to try and have something which is constant peril for me. And if there's, you know, it's a challenge to try and then complete on normal. If you then do it, it's a challenge to try and complete on hard. So I do enjoy that. Funny enough, zombie themed games, I generally find it generally easier, apart from the level eight on number eight mission on Dead of Winter which there's a, I mean, there's the co-op 30 missions and then there's the non-co-op ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's a co-op one. It's really darn hard. So there's that too. But uh, yeah, we can always do this again on, on exits or on um, unlocks. If uh, you have if that fun, works. that's going to be um, uh, Peter. Peter is a big, okay. big one into the unlocks. So he'll, he'll, okay. he'll, he'll be happy to rack them off for you. I'm up to like, yeah, 26 or something. So I can definitely, yeah. Uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, cool. All right, that's handy to know though. And I'll see, obviously, I'll, I'll tell him if it's a Zoom issue, I'll uh, I'll see what I can do about that. But no, it'd be obviously fascinating to obviously rediscover some of these pandemics for you again, Jason. And uh, yeah, chime off each other. And yeah, look forward to uh, speaking to you on whichever uh, medium we might be about talking about again soon. So, All right, uh, tell them where the people can, get, can contact you. 
Sure. So, first, firstly, if you search or Google or whatever Amass Games, that should come up. Uh, ultimately, there are there have been daily videos for about three years now over on YouTube. There are 2,400 posts on Instagram. So just search Amass Games for that on Instagram. There's also Facebook and there's Board Game Geek where you can search me under Amass Games. And on Board Game Arena, I'm under Amass Games YouTube. So I had all the games on there. So if you want to play me, then that's option two. So yeah, thanks, Jason. All right, Simon Lavender, thank you very much for joining the show. You're welcome. Cheers, Jason. Have a nice day and uh, good afternoon. And also, finally, hopefully the weather doesn't get as hot as it's been. <laughs> okay, speak soon. You can change your mind, you can change. You can change your mind, you can change the world, people. So until next time, later, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop, or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.